today, Kristen Lee Steele and myself are going to be talking about a documentary on Hulu called Dead Asleep. So I actually found out about this documentary because I was on TikTok, shocking, and I saw this girl doing it was like a trend, like one of those dances trends to like a really sad song. I don't remember how it went, but she was basically talking about how Hulu did the documentary against the wishes of her and her family. So again, the document is dead asleep. The basic premise of the documentary is this guy and these girls that he knew from his hometown in Pennsylvania all decided to move to Florida together. They wanted a change of pace. He was, you know, kind of struggling with addiction and things like that. So they moved down to Florida together and he ends up killing his friend's younger sister that he became really good friends with. And he's the one who calls the police on himself. He claims that he doesn't remember the event at all. And basically his defense is he was sleepwalking. So we, me and Kristen apparently have different opinions on the outcome of this trial. So I'm very excited to dig in deeper and discuss further. Kristen, thoughts? Yeah, um, it does sound like we are going to have differing thoughts. One thing that I did want to ask you about before we get into like the meat of it uh-huh. is your thoughts on the actual like production of the documentary. And by that, I mean the like the um, like model home that they used to like to show the the reenactment of the crime. I understand like some documentaries, they do reenactments or for whatever reason, like if they have footage of the crime, but they were like with the little action figures and the action figure of Brooke, who was the girl who was murdered, had the biggest booty I've ever seen on an action figure. (laughs) And also when they were talking about um, the night before the murder, when Brian was <laughs> in the closet. Oh wait, Ray, Randy. Randy, I get Brian. Randy <laughs> is naked. Oh, I been is naked in the closet, and he's like crouched down with his finger <laughs> over. <laughs> yes. just, just like it was just really funny to me. And then also along those same lines with the production too. This like rarely happens but I've seen it before in like true crime documentaries what where they will have an interview with the with the you know suspected killer and they're obviously like in jail clothes Mm -hmm. and in jail so it's like okay spoiler we know that he's in jail for something um so that kind of like kind of bummed me out a little bit because I was like okay well we know that he's in jail because at first Mm -hmm. honestly the way that they were kind of kind of setting it up like I kind of thought for at least half a second that maybe he like his whole sleepwalking alibi was to cover up for someone else Mm -hmm. who actually killed her that's where I thought it was headed at first um But then, of course, as time goes on, I'm like, okay, no, he actually did do this. But the way that they sort of just, like, introduced the whole thing, I was like, this kind of seems like something weird is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, so I guess just going straight to the end, spoiler, you know, he gets a guilty verdict. He is in prison. I think he's in, yeah, he's in life in prison. I know. 
Um, so I want to say for like 75% of the documentary, I genuinely, you know, not that I had sympathy for him, but I was like, yeah, he was sleepwalking. Like, you know, they obviously had this long, like his mom could verify that he had like this long history of sleepwalking as a kid. But then at the end, when there were, when like, you know, the last psychologist was like, he can't go into a deep sleep to sleepwalk within five minutes Mm -hmm. of, you know, when he says he went back to sleep, that's when I was like, okay. Um, so I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Let me hear would, it. So he says he was sleepwalking, right? And it is very well documented that the day before that they were just hammered and drinking all day. Right. And at the beach, living their life, you know, whatever. They were drinking all day. And then the next morning, I think Brian even said in his text, like, I'm half hungover or something along those lines. I was wondering Randy. maybe Randy, see why do, like Brian literally is not that important, but I keep calling who the hell is Brian? Brian is Brooke's boyfriend. Oh my God. I didn't even remember his name. Yes. The one that has the job yes. in New York, in New York, who she was about to move, move in into mm-hmm. his name is Brian. Yes. Um, okay. so I think that Randy probably was like blacked out drunk. And perhaps even like woke up drunk the next morning and something happened. I don't know. I mean, obviously there's like no evidence, but I feel like maybe, you know, he was just so heavily intoxicated. Maybe he was blacked out mm-hmm. and killed her and then like came back to, and she's been stabbed 20 times. I have so many thoughts, feelings, theories, um, yeah, so I, that was like a monologue on my part. You go off. No, that's me. good. I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to answer your first question because I will say, I thought the documentary was excellently produced except for the model home. The model home <laughs> was terrible. I don't know why they thought it was necessary. I mean, y'all literally had enough money to produce a legit looking Facebook. Like it was not real. Facebook. <laughs> like, I, but I loved that. I loved that they made it look like you were actually on her social media page. I loved right. all the interviews. I loved the variety of people they spoke to oh, so many different interviews. I mean, literally, I think the reason that it's so challenging to make a complete a hundred percent definite decision, at least in my opinion, is that they truly show both sides in this documentary. It is not leaning one way or the other at, at any point while they may, while you may feel persuaded one way or not, that's not the case. I think they, it was very balanced and they did a good job of that. So yes, production value was excellent, except for the model home with (laughs) like it's like a play it's like a um not a, di- a diorama is that Almost. The like did you ever have to like make those things in elementary school like a fake yes. house or something and look like- if you're gonna do clay action figures call Tim Burton because that <laughs> was low budget it honestly ruined parts <laughs> for me because I'm sitting here watching them reenact her murder and I'm just like all I can do is stare at the wedgie in Brooks ginormous juicy booty I don't think that was the point and they gave her like white pants so it like kind of looked like she that the action figure wasn't wearing pants but yes they were 
skin tight, whatever they were. Yeah. Um, so I was not, into, I was not into the, the model home. Correct. <laughs> so I kind of have, I remember very early on in the documentary when they were talking about his sleepwalking that he had as a child, I literally remember writing down, did something happen to him around that age? Was there like a traumatic incident? Like I know that's um, around the age when he started sleepwalking. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I mean, he was doing crazy stuff. Like he literally was like riding his bike to his mom's bar going inside. And she's like, Hey, Randy, what's up? Like, what are you doing? And he just like walked back and took his bike home. Like that is, that is insane to me, but doctor, what's his name? You fig. I think that was his name was like, no, that's, that's not that weird. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, honestly, there are a lot of people who kill people in their sleep. And I'm like, oh, great. Love to hear it. Thank you, doctor. That's really um, comforting. But so my theory tying Mm -hmm. this all together, I think there's kind of two different roads that it could have gone down. Okay. I would say, I think that his addiction did not help. The, the situation he was saying he was doing drugs he was drinking all the time we know the night before the murder he was heavily intoxicated I think this is this is probably the strongest theory that I feel is true so I understand what you were saying about the timeline so um, for those of y'all who maybe haven't seen it yet basically the argument for the defense is that he was sleepwalking and he didn't remember the incident killing Brooke and so the prosecution is saying like he had this conversation with Brooke. She came in, she got this shirt that he wanted her to come get. And he went back to sleep and five minutes later woke up and killed her. So their argument was that there is no way he could have fallen deep enough into sleep that he could be sleepwalking. But Dr. Oh, gosh, I need to find this dude's name. Mr. Sleep Doctor, man. Yeah, I think it's Uwig or something. Yeah, Dr. Uwig. He said two things that kind of crushed the timeline for me. He said, one, he could have completely imagined that conversation with Brooke and it never even happened. So he was actually still asleep the whole time. And then two, he said it has been documented that there have been people who have slept walk in um like lesser states of sleep um so I still genuinely think that he was sleepwalking I think there are a lot of contributing factors I think that he was rejected by his father at a young age his father left his family he was an alcoholic there was a lot of domestic violence in his life and I'm just kind of putting two and two together um because the dad was never mentioned when he was sleepwalking that after his dad moved out was when his sleepwalking started. Um, So I feel like it's a traumatic incident that triggered his, you know, sleepwalking. And so then they kind of implied that maybe Brooke rejected him, you know, that night when he was being quote unquote sexual um, and she felt uncomfortable (laughs) in the the closet naked. (laughs) Yeah. Shushing her. And he had fuzzy handcuffs and all this other stuff. (laughs) But so I wonder they had to add that in there, even though it had nothing to do with the murder. Also, this is like they a drunk 22 year old frat boy wannabe. Like, of course, he has yeah. fuzzy head and cuffs on his bed. Yeah. 
But so I feel like he felt rejected by Brooke. It triggered his sleepwalking and the alcohol and the drugs added into the rage. And I genuinely think that he was sleepwalking. I was shocked that he was found guilty, especially because they mentioned in every other case of someone killing someone while sleepwalking, including a four-year-old child, were found not guilty because of like mental capacity or whatever it is. Yeah, like a mental, I don't think the word was disabled. I know this might be outdated, but you like back in the day, you could have pled insanity, which is like basically what they were trying to do in this case. Um, which by the way, my high school psychology teacher always told us if you ever get caught in a crime to plead insanity, which I don't know if you can in Virginia or not. Um, because even if you're, I don't even think they can technically convict, convict you, but you just get like sent off to a mental hospital and just like live there forever, which is better than jail. So well, you heard it here first folks, if you're ever charged with a crime, Kristen Steele via yes. her psychology professor in high school has provided you your out. Yes. You're welcome. That was free legal advice for wow. everyone. We're going to start um, charging by the hour. We should approximately $575. Sounds reasonable. So the one thing that really kind of like Randy really could have gotten away with this if it hadn't have been for the damn neighbor across the street and their surveillance video camera or hearing the screams, hearing the screams, because the whole timeline is so constrained, you know, like there are other murders where it's like, you know, we don't really know what happened for two and a half Mm -hmm. hours. And yeah, but this was like, they literally like every few minutes, there's either someone on surveillance or, you know, you can see Brooke walking into the house. The neighbor heard the screams at eight 59, um, or eight 49. And so that really screwed him over. But so I'm gonna go back to what you said about how, like, he may have just, he was dreaming and like, imagine the whole conversation that he had with Brooke before mm-hmm. she was murdered. Mm-hmm. So I definitely could see that, like, especially, and they demonstrated too, that like, obviously alcohol has an impact on your sleep and you and like, not sleeping too. Right. Oh yeah. That was another thing too, where like, yeah. you know, he hadn't the day before he was up until like 6am or something like yeah. that. That like all of that I'll put on like the sleepwalking defense side, mm-hmm. but they had text messages from him that he had sent to Brooke mm-hmm. like 40 minutes before. But I mean, there are also instances of people, this has never personally happened to me, but people do say that they like send texts in their sleep or turn off their alarms in their sleep or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's not that implausible, but because there's like that whole, the exchange that they have, right. The timing is like, I think what really got him and the damn neighbor across the street who for some reason has, has a surveillance, like not like this isn't a ring doorbell. This Mm -hmm. isn't it was a camera like set up in his gutters looking down the street. The better question is what is the neighbor up to with the surveillance camera? Yeah. Does he deal drugs? Does he have (laughs) illegal firearms? He needs to be on the lookout for something. They should do a spinoff about why did the neighbor have the camera? But also how convenient is that, that it literally has the clearest view 
of Brooke and Randy's house Mm -hmm. and you can see very clearly like who's coming and who's going. Yeah. Like people coming, not just cars driving past, but you can like clear as day or see exactly what's going on. Um, but that is a very good question. Um, yeah. I mean, it's also Florida, so no offense to any Floridians out there, but you know, go Gators, you know, know, Florida men be up to no good, no good. Um, so you were talking about his feelings of being rejected. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything that happened with with his dad, that was just terrible. Like, yeah, the whole story beginning to end, but also it doesn't, I mean, you know, it may or may not be coincidental, but it doesn't help that his dad murdered his Oh girlfriend. my gosh. <laughs> yes. Okay. So and they the- just like slid that in there. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so I thought the most ironic part of this entire documentary was that Randy had so many issues because of his dad resented his dad so much. He ended up being exactly like his dad, like down to the murder. The only thing he did not do was commit suicide. I remember when I heard that his dad in 2015 had killed his girlfriend and then killed himself. I was like, Randy literally turned into his father. He literally turned into the person that he hated the most. Ironic, maybe. I don't know. (sighs) Maybe not irony but I mean they they didn't really get into it too much in the documentary which I wish they would have because I didn't entirely understand where they were going but you know they were talking about how um you know he had his mom and he had his sister Mm -hmm. and like that was pretty much it so they were kind of saying like I guess maybe his lack of you know like the male figure in his life kind of had like a detrimental effect on him yes because remember that part that they like they barely touched on it but I feel like it had such a huge impact that probably going along the lines of what you were just saying they should have touched on it more where he was like walking with some boys in the neighborhood by a lake or something and he said something like wow those flowers are pretty and they were like ew you're a boy you shouldn't be looking at pretty flowers (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I definitely feel like there's something that could definitely be explored there deeper. And, you know, obviously, too, if you're, you know, if all you know is your mom and your sister, mm-hmm. he's going to have kind of like different relationships with women, too. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's like a power thing. So, yeah, I wish that they had they went more into it. But they also this was just like kind of backhanded but they had to keep mentioning like how small he is physically like small in stature which I mean I never really like thought I mean I guess I couldn't see anything because I mean he was just like sitting down all the time or like it was just like pictures of him but they were really like going in on that especially during the trial like dude they were body shaming the fuck out of my man's Randy okay (laughs) they were like he was fat before he lost weight because he didn't eat in jail I'm like you guys leave my man Randy alone yeah and they said too that he you know he wasn't very attractive and he had like he had like a boyish face which I think during the he was like what 20 or something yeah but well, he had to be over 21 right 22 he was somewhere they were all with they were young age but they were um like commenting on his he looked boyish which I'll be honest when he like came into the 
um, into the courtroom, like for his trial, they didn't really show any like more recent, like footage of him until then. And I was like, he's kind of, I don't want to be like a, you know, the girls who were in love with Ted Bundy. No, 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 no. Like, let me get that straight right now. But I was like, like, you know, he looks like a nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's what I thought. I was like, you know, his lawyers really, you know, they hooked him. He got a nice haircut. Like I thought he was looking really good. (laughs) And then they start going in on like his suit is oversized and all this stuff. I'm like, this is just so unrelated to his whole deal but you guys just insist on continuing to like talk about how small he is but I wish they would have actually said like he is five four or something like that yeah like oh but I got a lot of vibes like that from the prosecution like I felt like there were a lot of like um isn't it possible like there was no like this is what happened right it was like isn't it possible that he did this this and this and I'm like okay but that's not really providing a fact that's like almost like a scapegoat question to prove your point but kind of going back to what you were just talking about like I honestly got a little bit upset when they started describing him the prosecution because they were like he was really you know just like unattractive he was very small but he lives with these really beautiful attractive women and I'm like oh my god you guys are just like so going in on this boy for what and then sexualizing the girls of course yes but I mean like you couldn't describe him as just like a boy like I mean like why does it have to be that he's unattractive like why are you reiterating this other than to like try and like subconsciously make me not like him because he's unattractive he's unattractive and he like the feelings of rejection stuff which also Jordan who's Brooke's sister Mm -hmm. literally went on the stand for the defense to be like yeah we were all really good friends we were all like never once was anyone like oh yeah he was kind of creepy like yes like by all accounts like you know it was never anything weird like they were all just friends and roommates and it was fine but yeah and then the prosecution had to like make that narrative (laughs) they did (laughs) and then like at the end like after they you know said the guilty verdict and they were like randy you're sentenced to life like they went and talked to brooke and jordan's parents and the dad literally said nobody won today because her parents literally still like the, they literally found out that their daughter was murdered by Randy and they were in the police station right after that information. And they were like, no, he didn't do it. Yeah. Like yeah. literally even the girl who was murders parents are like, no, he would never do that. He's such a sweet kid. He wouldn't hurt a fly. So I'm yeah. just like, if everybody in his life, including the people who lost their child are sitting here telling you that this is not possible, why are, why is this becoming a situation where you're having to ask, isn't it possible that you can't sleepwalk if you fall asleep within five minutes? Like, yeah, it's, it's possible he didn't. It's possible he did. There's yeah. There's no proof. Well, and you know, also the sleep doctor guy too was like, you know, we still don't really understand everything about sleepwalking. <laughs> like it hasn't been until the last 50 years that we really 
started to learn that like, it's not just you acting out your dreams kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one, see, now it kind of sounds like I'm agreeing with you, which I'm not, which I'm not, (laughs) but one more thing for the defense too, you were talking about, he, you know, he would sleepwalk and bike to his mom's bar where she Mm -hmm. worked. Um, and one of the doctors said, usually with sleepwalkers, they do something that they commonly do, like an everyday task that they do. Right. Um, so they drive their car and they, you know, like, I guess he's been to his mom's bar before. Actually, no, I take that back. This is a point for me. I don't know why I said it was a point for you. I take it back. I want my point okay. back. I'm about to twist it back and be like, no, it's for me. <laughs> so, he, you know, he said you're, sp- they had the videos of like, you know, people driving in their sleep or whatever. It's just, you know, you, it's second nature to you. So then at what point is like stabbing a woman 20 times, like, how is that, that is not an everyday, that is not, I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to come back. I'm warming up. I'm warming up. I'm ready. I got this. And along those same lines too, they're talking about like the primitive instincts and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, you know, that like, you know, when we, it was kind of like cool when they're explaining that, like, when we go to sleep, our like inhibitions go away. And now mm-hmm. we're just like primitive people again. Right. And, you know, maybe he could have like been tried trying to protect himself, but like protect himself from what, like what was Brooke going to do? Okay. So that like, that doesn't check out with me in terms of like what we do know about sleepwalking. Okay. Your turn. Okay. I'm going to tell you why it does make sense. Okay. <gasps> okay. So if you recall when he was talking about, I loved the little clip that they kept showing of this one man, like getting up out of bed in his underwear. And he was like, Oh, <laughs> like, like he just like kept popping out of bed. Like, Oh, and they showed other, it, like other people sleepwalking. Yeah. They showed it at least 12 times. Um, but when they, but were then they working- also had the one that was kind of like paranormal, paranormal activity. Yeah. Guy just like jumping out of bed. <laughs> Yeah, it and the girl like with like her arch back, like I'm like, okay, this is getting a little bit spookier than I'm looking for. Yeah, but something that he mentioned then was if something gets in a sleepwalker's way, and that's why they went into the primitive state that you're in when you're sleepwalking because okay. your inhibitions are down. So what I kind of imagine happening genuinely is he started sleepwalking and Brooke got in his way. I don't know that he necessarily felt threatened by her, but be going back to like primal instincts, if something's in your way, you get it out of your way. So, I mean, I feel like that could be a possibility as well. It could be a possibility as well. And like, I could kind of understand that too, like with the whole, maybe he was like struggling with his masculinity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yet another kind of hypothesis that I thought was interesting was, especially they had that one lady psychologist on. She or, should have been on the whole time. She had so she, much deep shit to talk about. So much, but she wasn't even like, she wasn't related to Barely the trial or anything. She would just yeah. like pop up and like explain psychology stuff. Mm-hmm. And she had like the most soothing voice and like explain things so clearly. Mm-hmm. But I think towards the end, she was talking about, you know, people with trauma. Mm-hmm it's possible that when they go through a traumatic event, they just like completely repress the memory. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe in the moment he 
you know, he just sort of like blacked out, so to speak. And then he just like, those memories just completely are gone. That is something Mm -hmm. that's interesting that I don't know if I necessarily a hundred percent believe it, but like I'll entertain it. Yeah. I definitely thought of that as a possibility before she even brought it up. Um, The only thing that I thought was interesting about that theory was they tested him for every kind of mental illness. And I know that (laughs) I guess you wouldn't necessarily have to have a previous mental illness for something like that to happen, but that's why sleepwalking I feel like probably made the most sense for everyone to kind of jump on because I think most people would think like, well, I guess he did. He went through depressive phases, but I'm assuming he didn't have like quote unquote depression. Um, but generally I feel like when you think of people who, uh, suppress memories that were traumatic or something like that, it genuinely is because something has happened in their past. Um, but then but again, he could he could have like undiagnosed PTSD. Um, but they they tried to diagnose him for like literally everything. But it kind of just seemed like they were just asking him, like, have you ever mm-hmm. been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder? And it was so funny yeah. the end where the guy was like, I just asked about sleepwalking, like for the hell of it. And he yeah, was like, yeah, like per, <laughs> per the you, protocol. Right. And it's like if he hadn't, if he wouldn't have asked about the sleepwalking thing like what would have happened yeah um but you know obviously the kid just has like a terrible upbringing and like yeah well even with the mom like something that I didn't love that I felt was depicted in the documentary was like okay his dad is not there his hat his dad wants nothing to do with him and you're letting him do whatever he wants literally even when they were in Florida like he calls and he's like hey mom I quit my job like I'm just gonna live off my inheritance or whatever and she was like well you know if that's what he's gonna do I just let him do it I was like girl if my if I told my mama that she would be down in Florida ready to snatch my booty back to Martinsville Virginia (laughs) so freaking quick I wouldn't even have time to blink. Like right. <laughs> there were so many instances where like he would tell her she, he was going to do something that was clearly not a good idea. And she was like, oh, well, I'm just going to let him do it. And I'm like, yeah, lady, lay down the line, like be a parent. Or like just, yeah, be a parent or just, you know, give him guidance. And obviously it didn't seem yes. like he was a really intimidating guy. No, And he, yeah, I think maybe he just needed someone to be like, especially when he was in those, you know, addictive yes. cycles in his life and, exactly. you know, was going through alcoholism. He needed someone to like snatch him out of it. Or like, could you imagine going to Joyce after Mark passed away and left you $10,000 and you're like, I'm going to use this to move to Florida. And, and like, you're like 19. Yeah, yeah. What? My mom would be like, no, you're putting that in the bank. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And I think when they were interviewing him, I think he realizes that now, like he said, like basically he was just blowing all of his money on mm-hmm. like booze and going to the bar yep. and doing all of that. Of course he regrets it now. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Which, yeah, you wonder, like, if some, if he would have had that influence in his life, like, who, or either his mom or his sister, like, one yeah. of the two. So, Cassandra, yeah, you disagree with the guilty verdict, correct? I do. I do. You 100%. disagree. You disagree with the life 
sentence, I'm assuming. A hundred percent. So if you were a member on the jury and you could tell the court, you know, you could tell the judge what to do, what would you like to have done to Randy? I definitely think that I would like him to have like court ordered therapy or like to go to I hate to say mental institution because I feel like that has such a negative connotation to it I would want him to get mental health because I think they're like I sleptwalk as a child I think that sleepwalking as a child is is pretty common actually but if it for it to continue on as an adult I think is a lot more rare I think people usually grow out of it kind of like the mom and the sister said in the show in the documentary like they just grew out of it so the fact that he didn't and he was doing such crazy stuff at such a young age like walking to the mailbox in the middle of the night and driving your freaking bicycle in the middle of the night and it had to be late she was closing down a bar like it had to be 2 a.m and then just like riding back like I obviously feel like this is a traumatic disorder for him and I think that if he got mental health to deal mental health help to help deal with what triggers the sleepwalking and the rage and all those things so that he could exactly so that he could work through it um avoid triggers in the future or if a trigger does arise and he can't like avoid it figuring out how to cope or work through it I think that there was just so much mental trauma for him I genuinely believe that that is what created this situation I felt so much empathy for him throughout the entire film um, I, I really, I don't also, they provided no, there, there was no intent. There was no premeditation. There was no motive. So I just genuinely think, unfortunately, I also feel so much empathy for Jordan and Brooke's parents. Like it's awful. Like she was murdered. She was stabbed 25 times and she was like 22 years old. Like that's awful. But I just he didn't mean to do it and I know that sounds so he didn't mean to do it he's a Ted Bundy didn't mean to do it he just wanted to date some nice girls he didn't mean to do it I don't mean it to sound like that but like I do believe he was triggered I don't know if it was the alcohol and feeling like his life was falling apart and she just happened to be there and he killed her or if it was really because she triggered it to happen I don't know either way I do genuinely believe that he was sleepwalking I don't think he had any reason based on the facts presented in the case to kill her so would you go as far to say that like you think that he could he could be like a free man you know kind of loosely like you said you you know you would say that the he should have like court ordered therapy for a long time right um do you do you feel like he has a right to like live a free life 
I do. Um, what I would say to make sure, you know, he's well before that, obviously I would still convict him of something. I think maybe, I don't know the law that well, so please don't come for me, but maybe <laughs> like involuntary manslaughter or something like that so that you could still mandate him to do something. Because essentially, if you say he's innocent, you can't court mandate anything. So lesser charge. And I would say, I don't think he should be released until a psychiatrist, therapist, whomever has come to the conclusion that he is well enough to be back in society on his own. I, I kind of agree with you there. Like I, he was convicted of what first degree murder. Um, I thought it was second degree. I don't know. It was a second degree. Um, but I do think, you know, I could definitely see the argument for manslaughter mm-hmm. um, because this seems kind of like a situation where that would fit. Which right. Because he did do it. There's no argument right. that he did do it. Right. But it was sort of just like, like you said, I, I you know, I agree. It was not premeditated. He had no motive. Mm-hmm. Like there was like, there was, n- there were no signs that this was going to happen. Yeah. But did you hear about that story? I think it was last week, week before there was a truck in Colorado that like a, like a tractor trailer, 18 wheeler Mm -hmm. that I guess was going down a hill or something and his brakes failed and he like hit a bunch of cars and killed a bunch of people. Oh my God. And so he's being charged right now with, with murder, even though like the trucking company said, I guess this is a known problem with like the truck that he was driving, that they have faulty brakes and stuff like that. So it's like, yes, he killed these people, but he didn't mean to (laughs) mean to. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, there are people are arguing that, I mean, maybe he, he should be free. Um, which I don't think Brian should be Brian, if I do that one more time, Randy, I don't think Randy should be free. Like, can you imagine if you found out that your next door neighbor killed a girl by stabbing her 25 times? I mean, yes, like that's I, a little upsetting. No, I, I don't disagree with that because like there's, you know, people aren't going to be like, oh, but he was sleepwalking and he's received help and they've decided he's fine now. Like, it's just going to be like your neighbor is a murderer. Um, I mean, yeah. Are you saying I mean, like you, you wouldn't have the context? Exactly. No one's going to go around the neighborhood and tell the whole fucking story. They're going to be like, um, Randy, who moved in across the street, he stabbed his best friend 25 times. What do you think about that? But then at the same time, too, if you go on that logic, I mean, don't even get me started about the sex offenders list and all the people that are on there that shouldn't be on there. But, you know, sex offenders live among us every day. I could have someone two townhouses down that's been convicted of raping children and I just live next to a rapist right um I I do think it would be hard obviously for him for society to accept but I just genuinely feel if he got the help he needed and they felt like a true doctor a psychiatrist someone who actually understands and you know works with him daily um says that he is well enough to be back on his own or maybe even living in some kind of like assisted home or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, I was going to say like he would have to be I mean I'm sure heavily watched yeah. by the court. Yeah. Like when you get but... out of prison you go to a halfway house. So like right. there's got to be something for people who have uh <laughs> sleepwalk issues. People 25 times. Maybe I need to go. I, me I know like that sounds like something that check myself in for a couple weeks. 
yeah, nice little vacay and really yeah. un- unpack some things. <laughs> Do a puzzle, take a nap. But like, you know, you're there, but then here comes Randy who murdered Brooke, which if I, I was think- in the same home with him, I feel like I would be like, well, we're in the same place, so it can't be all that bad. Let me hear the man out. <laughs> <laughs> we're walking side by side man that's just like at school when people would be like talking about like oh I graduated with a 4.5 and I am the valedictorian we got into the same school okay I wasn't valedictorian we're about to have not a degree exactly (laughs) it's gonna say James Madison University it's not gonna say this was valedictorian of their high school or that you had a point. Oh, graduating whatever GPA and mine was a 3.2. Nobody's going to know. Right. I mean, those are the kind of like, you don't realize it then, but when you grow up, like none of that matters, none of it, none of the numbers, none of them. And my anthropology professor actually said that like the first day of class, he was like, when you go to heaven, God isn't going to be like, well, what did you get in anthropology 120? Like it's not, doesn't matter. I actually passed anthropology with a D. So D's get degrees, honey. (laughs) You got that degree. I sure did. It's in my car to prove it. (laughs) Whip that thing out. Let them know. But I mean, that's how I feel. I would like to hear like, so do you agree with the life sentence? I do think that the life sentence is harsh um I, I definitely disagree with the people on the fake Facebook who are like oh he deserves the death penalty like I do think yeah, that is far I yeah I'm not entirely on board with the with the life sentence I would say that he you know I would like for him to serve like maybe 20 years in prison um you know, and assuming by all accounts, he seems like a good person, seems like mm-hmm. a good guy. I imagine he would behave himself in jail and, you know, wouldn't cause any issues. Um, but, you know, I do kind of think that he deserves, Something. you know, he does. Yeah, he deserves, you know, not necessarily a second chance, but um, I do think it's a little unfair. But it was sad at the end of the documentary, they said that he uh, earlier this year in 2021, mm-hmm. he tried to appeal. Yeah. And it was denied. I know. Um, but well, I mean, you know, I... go ahead. People sorry. always, people like always get, you know, cases like this and run with them like Joe exotic. Like people are yeah. always going to be Oof. invested in them. And, you know, especially with this documentary now, like mm-hmm. so many people are going to know Randy's story and are going to be invested in, are going to try to find a way to like get his appeal heard. But also people need to remember that the legal system is the slowest thing on earth hundred percent, and it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of people probably run out of steam. Yeah. Trying to help him. Something I just thought about honestly is like, I'm kind of worried. I'm worried for Randy. Um, (laughs) Justice for Randy. I'm going to start the Facebook group. I'll, you'll be my first invite. Um, but I'm good. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks. Justice in maybe like 2058. (laughs) But like with all the trauma he's already been through, I'm almost like, wouldn't jail make that worse? Like, can you imagine like being like this young, naive child who genuinely, you know, believes he 
doesn't remember doing it. He slept walk like and he's in jail for the rest of his life. Literally surrounded by actual murderers with murder to like murder men who are like, you know, the sickest of the sick. Yeah. So I, I do think that that will definitely be a toxic environment for him. And they're looking like I, for someone to be their bitch. And Randy, with his small stature, <laughs> would make an excellent bitch. <laughs> we have to bring up all the time in his boyish face, yes. his boyish features. Thank like, God he lost that weight. <laughs> like, why are we bringing up the weight loss since he was like 14? And like, <laughs> it was just unnecessary. Especially because it's like, yeah, he went on the jail diet. Of course, he lost weight. Yeah, yeah. That's There's no probably alcohol and dominoes in jail. Okay, no, he's not going out boozing every night. So exactly. Of course, he lost weight. What a weird thing to bring up. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else? Any parting thoughts on Dead Asleep? Can I get a rating? Just overall, you know, how many stars out of five you would give it? Out of five. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would honestly give it a four. Okay. I again thought that they presented both sides of the argument very equally and very well. Um, I loved the production value. I'm honestly losing a star definitely for two reasons. Mainly the first one that you brought up the models <laughs> awful distracted you because you're like, what is that? It's, it's hideous. It's not well done. Um, and then, you know, the other half of the star is definitely another point that you mentioned. I hate that they gave away that he was in jail so soon. Um, I think they yeah. could have given him the opportunity to put on a different outfit for the interview. I definitely was glad that he was able to be interviewed, but like right. they gave it all away. Like I knew he was convicted and I knew right. it must be a long sentence. You could see like all of the, you know, the things on him. And I mean, maybe they should have just used the audio, but then exactly. also shadowed him out like one of the jurors. Yeah. But also, you knew, like he said from the get go that he did it and that he was going to be guilty. So I guess you could have figured like, okay, he's going to do, he's going to serve sometime, but yeah. still it just like, it feels like you give away the plot. Like, yeah, I like to not see anything of any of the suspects until exactly. the end. Exactly. Until, you know, the, or whoever gets convicted or whatever. I, um, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we watched it. A hundred percent would recommend. Um, definitely unique view of the justice system. I, I felt yeah. personally because I've never seen a case like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's very different, like, than your typical case. Of course, like on the surface, it's like, okay guy kills a girl wow we've all heard that story before but then when you add in the sleepwalking element and then his history and I I do think they do a good job of just like continuously like pulling back those layers and all of these different things that you have to consider and like they were drinking all day before and he Mm -hmm. was naked in the closet apparently important information which also by the way we only there was like the one other random guy Kyle Kyle yeah who was there you know, we're going based off of his word that he was naked in the closet. Maybe he just kind of like threw that in there because he doesn't like Randy, but um. that's what I'm saying. That was not in the text. So (laughs) we're taking the Um, word of a dead girl via Kyle. Anybody named Kyle is a negative in my book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. Facts. So what's your rating, Um, Kristen? Overall thoughts? You know, I gave it a 
two and a half <gasps> star out of five. Wow. Um, like I said, I do agree with you. It's very, the storyline is different than anything. Yeah, the storyline is very intriguing with the sleepwalking element. So I would recommend it for that, which also the first 20 minutes, I was like, okay. Like when I saw him in jail and they're like, he's sleepwalking. So I was like, how, like, what are we going to spend the next hour doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that that was, I thought that, that was it, but I would say, you know, be patient and wait for them to like get into all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I didn't, I did not appreciate the production value as much as you did. I, I do agree. It was like a lot of different interviews, which like props on them for being so thorough, but it was like too many interviews almost. Mm, okay. Um, and all in all, it didn't, you know, it didn't wow me. I probably, I mean, it'll be memorable because it is different, but it's not to me. Like I'm, if you ask me this time next year, like, I don't know if I would remember it necessarily. Um, so it didn't blow my mind. Um, but definitely solid if you're into true crime. Mm Um, and also too, I, picked this one because I knew nothing of the case you know so if you are sick of Ted Bundy if you are sick of Lacey and Scott Peterson oh my god actually (laughs) like any of the or um gosh Madeline oh McCann uh, or McCann yes yes yes. you know all of those there's a ton of content out there but this one I literally knew nothing about um so it was you know that was kind of nice, but also too, like with all these new, the Ted Bundy stuff coming, I mean, Bundy and all like that will always be fascinating, but this is a nice new story that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. Because I mean, even with the new content, because we kind of discussed watching one of the newer Ted Bundy's and one of the new Manson and those types of things. It's one of those things where I definitely want to watch them and I'm a hundred percent going to watch them, but it's Mm -hmm. just like at the end of the day, like what more information am I going to learn from these? All right. So is there anything else on dead asleep? I think I covered everything on my end. Is there anything else you want to say? Nope. I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well, that would be a two and a half star for me and four star from Cassie. So it's on Hulu. Go check it out if you're interested. Um, yeah. And I think, I think it's a Hulu original too, um, mm-hmm. which I, I really like watching the more originals. It's not a lifetime deal, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, go check it out if you're interested. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. All righty. Bye.